0: On today's episode, I'll be getting into part one of my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. Tune in to see who comes in at numbers 15 through 20, and I'll also be dishing out midseason grades for the final few players on the Blackhawks roster. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. You're Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team. Every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman2. And also make sure to go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates and also real quick if you like what you're watching here today then do me a quick favor by smashing the like button commenting down below and subscribing to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel also make sure that you are downloading all of the audio podcasts as well even if you're not listening to them it really does help me out tremendously all of that is 100% free so Please take care of that real quick. And also, today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is brought to you by FanDuel, the best place to bet on the NFL playoffs. Sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash lockdown to start earning bonus bets with any $5 Moneyline bet with America's number one sportsbook. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Again, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Hope everyone out there had themselves a lovely weekend, even though I know temperatures have been pretty darn frigid here in the Chicagoland area, even still into Monday afternoon as I'm recording right now. And the forecast for Tuesday doesn't look all that much better. So I hope everyone's bundling up out there and doing their best to stay warm. We got a busy show on tap here to kick things off this week. As I'm sure you've all noticed by the thumbnail and by the title of today's episode, I'm going to be getting into. Uh, Part one of my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. For those of you who might have missed it, I did already go through my honorable mentions early last week. Make sure to go and check that out first so you don't get any spoilers. This is your last chance to do so because I'm about to get into those spoilers right now. One thing I do want to let you all know, if you happen to miss that episode or if you happen to have forgotten, handful of players I have graduated from the prospect stage, such as Lucas Reich. Alex Vlasic, Isaac Phillips, Arvid Soderblom, and Cole Gutman. So none of those players are going to be found on my Chicago Blackhawks top 20 prospect rankings Blackhawks fans. For a couple of years, this was only a top 10 prospect rankings for the Blackhawks, but considering how things have been going uh, the last couple of years, as Kyle Davidson has stepped in as general manager. They've accumulated numerous draft picks and a lot of prospects, and that's led to a much deeper prospect pool than the Blackhawks have had in quite some time. And that makes it a lot of fun. There are a lot more names to dive into and get familiar with and you know have some hopes that they're going to be pieces of this rebuild here in Chicago. So it really does make these prospect rankings a little bit more fun now that it's a deeper prospect pool as a whole and also makes things a little bit more difficult in terms of Figuring out exactly where to place some guys And I'm sure I'm not going to have the same exact rankings as everyone out there So make sure to go and comment down below with your opinions on my rankings Whether I have a certain guy too high or a certain guy too low Make sure to go and give me your input down in the comment section below But before I get into numbers 20 through 15 As a reminder, I want to go through the honorable mentions that I broke down just a week ago Once again, the spoilers are going to be starting right here In my HMs last week, I had Dominic James, Ryder Rolston, Tage Harding, Antti Sorella, Victor Haranbor, and Dominic Bassi, who's actually uh, on the Mike Richter watch for best goaltender in all of college hockey. He's off to a really good start to his senior campaign with St. Cloud State. But those are all the players that I had in my honorable mention. Some guys I still think you should keep an eye on, even though their upside might not be the highest. But now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into my top 20. And quite honestly, Blackhawks fans, I miscounted by one. So truthfully, one of these two guys would have been in the honorable mentions. I couldn't really dictate which one it was going to be. So with that being the situation, I just decided to have two number 20s on this list. But the first one of them is Samuel Savoie, a 19-year-old third-round pick of the Blackhawks in the 2022 NHL Draft. Was selected 81st overall. He's a five foot ten, 190 pound winger who last season had a very solid offensive outburst with the Gatineau Olympiques. When the Blackhawks had drafted him the season prior to that, he only had 33 points with Gatineau. This past season, he had 59 points in 60 QMJHL games, 26 goals and 33 assists. Kind of cooled off towards the end of the year, but still a huge offensive outburst for Samuel Savoy. Uh, Savoy and those are the things that are going to help him reach the NHL level because his strengths quite honestly are his work ethic his skating and he always plays with an edge for the Blackhawks fans that aren't already familiar with him I'm sure you know uh, based on how we got to play with the Blackhawks during the preseason a little bit and uh, got some action during the prospect development camp and just It's so much fun to watch Samuel Savoy because he's not your typical prospect. He likes to mix it up and – get under player's skin and just kind of be an agitator out there. And my favorite part about it is he always does it with a smile on his face. Like he seriously looks like he loves that part of the game. uh, love sticking his tongue out at guys. And I mean, he's even the type of guy who was trying to uh, throw some hits at Blackhawks development camp against his fellow Hawks prospects. Like he just plays with that edge and that chip on his shoulder at all times. His weaknesses though, are his offensive upside uh, in terms of the playmaking. And yeah, he had a good year last year in Gatineau, but still can't expect him to be a very productive uh, offensive player at the NHL scene. But taking steps these last couple of years to work on those parts of his game has been a nice addition for Samuel Savoie. And if he can keep that up, those are going to give him uh, chances to be an NHL or for the Blackhawks. But quite honestly, what I see his ceiling as is a bottom six winger, maybe someone who can go out there and play on the penalty kill, Uh, play that agitator role on the fourth line. And look, the Blackhawks have a good, pretty deep prospect pool, as I just mentioned. So they could use some guys who kind of provide you with different aspects and are a little outside the box. And that's exactly what Samuel Savoie is. And like I mentioned, nice to see him pick up the uh, production offensively last year with Gatineau. Unfortunately, hasn't been able to play this season yet as he fractured his tibula in the preseason with the Blackhawks, a scary collision against the boards. Um, that had him ruled out for the rest of the season. However, he recently was traded from Gatineau to the Roy Noranda Huskies in the QMJHL. And he reportedly could be joining them in the last couple of weeks. And we've seen him skating Add Blackhawks practice these last few days so certainly good signs for the return of Samuel Savoie. he checks in at number 20. my second number 20 that I have here is Aiden Thompson 21 year old third round pick 90th overall in 2022 just nine picks after Samuel Savoie. he's a five foot 11 180 pound center so far this season he's in the midst of his second campaign with the Denver pioneers a program us Blackhawks fans are quite familiar with. Been a little bit of a down year for Thompson, though. Only 17 points in 22 games thus far, five goals and 12 assists. After being a point-per-game player for the Pioneers last year in a third-line center role, I really kind of expected him to move up the lineup and take advantage of that situation, but that just hasn't been the case, and he's been stuck on the third line for the most part of this season. Um, As far as his strengths and weaknesses go, hockey sense, playmaking, creativity are kind of the name of his game. And one reason why some of you may remember, I actually had him just outside my top 10 in my Blackhawks prospect rankings this time last year. And that was because he had a really impressive performance, I thought, during Blackhawks development camp and just showed that he was mentally and physically, even though he's not the biggest guy, a little bit more mature than some of the other Blackhawks prospects. But now that his production hasn't been as high at Denver, quite honestly, it feels like that could be. Hurting against him because he is already 21 years old. The Blackhawks selected him as an overager, and that's kind of one of his weaknesses: is he just doesn't have a lot of time right now. I also think his size doesn't work in his favor, being five foot eleven and a little bit undersized at 180 pounds. The shot needs some work as well. Only five goals in 22 games this season. Um, so, as a result of that, my projection for Aiden Thompson is that he's a bottom six forward, and he's fallen a little bit further down my prospect rankings this year, but still someone to keep an eye on as Denver is one of the best teams in all of college hockey, and he's going to be in a top nine role for the rest of this campaign. Coming in at number 19, next up, I have Ilya Safinov, a very intriguing prospect for the Blackhawks. He's now 22 years old. He was a six-round pick, 172nd overall back in 2021. A big kid though, six foot three, 205 pounds, plays the center position. And right now, he's in the midst of his fourth professional campaign in the KHL, noted as the second-best league in all of professional hockey over in Russia. He's got 15 points, 9 goals, and 6 assists in 49 games this year, and had 37 points in 64 games last year as a 21-year-old. 19 goals and 18 assists. And what also is impressive about Safanov is last year, as a 21-year-old, he was named the captain of Akbar's, which... I mean, at that young of an age for him to show those leadership capabilities uh, is really impressive. And to go along that with some decent offensive numbers and the size that he brings to the table, if he ever does come to North America, I think he's going to be a very intriguing prospect for the Blackhawks. As far as his strength goes, his size is really good. He knows how to play with it, too. He's got some good physicality. I think the shot the goal scoring aspect is always going to be his best offensive attribute. So I have that as a strength in terms of his weaknesses. I would say overall playmaking, he's not known for being the best skater, albeit, uh, you know, at that size, you don't see a lot of great skaters. And then just overall consistency, which is tough to find in a really good professional league at 22 years of age. But those are the things you want to see him kind of fill out these next couple of years. If slash one, he does come to Uh, the United States as far as the projection goes I would have him as a third to fourth line center not a ton of upside but a lot of experience against grown men already at a young age which should bode well for him over these next couple years as he continues to develop and round things out so I have Safinov coming in at number 19 next up at number 18 I have Landon Slager 21 year old third round pick of the Blackhawks in 2020 number Number 79 overall was actually selected two picks ahead of defenseman Wyatt Kaiser in the 2020 NHL draft. Six foot, 185 pound winger. The interesting thing though about Slaggard is he passed up on signing his entry level contract with the Blackhawks last summer to return to Notre Dame for his senior campaign. And he is now their captain there. So still without an ELC. But I will say, after a disappointing junior campaign in which uh, Slaggard only had 13 points, he's bounced back rather nicely. 15 goals already and six assists in 24 games, 21 points, really bounced back nicely in the goal scoring department. And because of those upticks, I do think the Blackhawks would like to give him an opportunity this summer to sign his ELC. As far as the strengths go for slagger goal scoring is really good for him, even though it wasn't as a junior. He's got some good size, some grit. He goes to the net with the purpose, even though he's maybe not the typical power forward size. That's kind of the game that he likes to play question is whether that's going to be able to uh, adapt over to bigger and more physical players in the NHL as far as the weaknesses go I would say playmaking the true offensive upside again with his size there's a question as to whether or not he's going to be able to score as many goals that way as he does in college hockey and as far as a projection goes I have him as a bottom six winger but really interested to see Uh, Landon Slager, whether or not he's going to sign his ELC with the Blackhawks at the conclusion of the season. And then next up at number 17, I got Paul Ludwinski, 19 years old, second round pick for the Blackhawks in the 2022 NHL draft, 39th overall, which to me still feels like a little bit high, but you know, so be it. Paul probably shouldn't have gone that early in the second round, though, if I had to guess. five foot eleven, 190-pound center. Right now, he's got 43 points in 34 games for the Kingston Frontenacs, 15 goals and 28 assists in the midst of a mammoth year for him offensively after having just 34 points in 47 games last year where he only scored nine goals. He's also the captain of the Kingston Frontenacs, kind of a common theme that we see in the Blackhawks prospect pool, a lot of captains, which you'll never be mad about the strengths for Ludwinski, his speed, his work ethic, his high motor, uh, in the preseason and in past development camps, the Blackhawks have liked to put him and Samuel Savoie on the same line. And they have just gone and caused absolute havoc out there. I would say they're kind of two similar players, but there's no denying that Ludwinski has the better offensive upside of the two. Although I still don't think it's like a top six upside at the NHL level or anything. Um, I think his playmaking is all right, but the shot still needs to develop a little bit further. I think his offensive IQ could need some further developing as well. So as far as a projection goes for Ledwinski, a uh, third to fourth line center, but someone who can also provide you with a little bit of a different type of game and a different type of style and mentality out there. And that's why I think it's, Uh, why he's going to remain intriguing throughout the Blackhawks rebuild. And then last, but certainly not least on today's episode, make sure to stay tuned for further parts of my Blackhawks mid-season prospect rankings as I uh, get into, get closer to the top 10 in the top five. Coming in at number 16 here is Martin Mishiak, 19-year-old second round pick of the Hawks in the 2023 NHL draft, 55th overall. He's got some good size to him quietly. Six foot two, 200 pounds already at 19 years of age. In his first season with the Erie Otters this year, after being the uh, number one overall selection in the CHL import draft, Misiak has 27 points in 30 games, 13 goals, and 14 assists. And he also added three assists in five games recently with Team Slovakia at the 2024 World Junior Championship. And prior to being drafted, he had 17 points in 27 US- USHL games to help the Youngstown Phantoms capture the Clark Cup last season. The strengths for Misiak, he's got good speed and a good size combination. His playmaking is really sharp as well. He's been getting a ton of time on the Otters power play. As far as the weaknesses go, I think he needs to get a little bit stronger on his skates and stronger on the puck. I think he gets knocked off of that a little too easily, and I would like to see him to continue to develop that shot of his and become more of a dual threat whenever the puck is on his stick, but I am really intrigued by Martin Misiak. I think he's doing a lot of good things at a young age for Erie. Gotten a lot of good experience, uh, and as far as a projection goes, I could see him being a third line center slash winger. Really curious to see. Uh, if I had to guess, just given all the Blackhawk center depth, odds are he probably winds up on the wing. But that night might not be the worst thing with his. Uh, Playmaking abilities and the Blackhawks having a lot of good offensive-minded centers can never hurt to have too many talented uh, guys that can play center on the wing as well. So I think that's the upside for Misiak. Is probably somewhere on the third line. All right, there are my first handful of names on my Chicago Blackhawks mid-season prospect rankings. Make sure to stay tuned for later parts all throughout the week. Coming up in just a moment here, Blackhawks fans. I still have to get into some of my final midseason grades, but first. I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. While the NFL regular season has come to an end, the offers stay running with FanDuel because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed with any $5 money line bet. Yes, you heard me correctly. That's $150 guaranteed with just a $5 money line bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's legitimately no better time to get in on the action than right now because Football season is getting into the nitty-gritty here as the playoffs have already begun, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all throughout the playoffs. All you have to do is pick any team to win on the money line, such as the Buffalo Bills, who are beating up on the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, or maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the night game money line, and you'll automatically get $150 worth of bonus bets credited into your account. And you can use these bonus bets to bet on anything from the money line to the point spreads, over unders, player props, and much, much more. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash lockdown to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. Again, that's fanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official partner of the National Football League. Segment two, it's time to get into the final few players that I still have to give out grades for based on their performances during the first half of the regular season. And yes, I know we're already two games past the midway point of the regular season for the Blackhawks, but still got a couple of names to get to here. And quite honestly, two of them are goalies, so their work amount wasn't as great as some of the other guys and uh, some of the the other three players I'm going to be getting into here today. Uh, They didn't play the full 41-game slate in the regular season, so it's not like they really have bonus games or 43 games worth of statistics or anything along those lines. Now, this is just the last part that I'm going to be getting into, Uh, and make sure to go and check out the past editions for – any, anyone you wanted to hear a grade on and also make sure to go and comment down below with your opinions on these grades and if you are going back and checking out past videos make sure to go and comment with your opinions on the grades that i gave them whether they're too high or too low make sure to let me know all of your opinions in the comment section i really appreciate all of your support all right kicking things off in my final part of my chicago blackhawks midseason grades first up is none other than 31 year old netminder peter Mrazek, who boy, oh boy, has just been sensational all year long for the Chicago Blackhawks. A really impressive bounce back campaign for him to not only just kind of reestablish himself as a starting goaltender in the NHL, quite honestly, going into this season, I I didn't really know if there was going to be much opportunity for Peter Morazic left in the National Hockey League after the ups and downs that he had been through and all of the lingering groin problems. It's been great for him to kind of shut down all of the naysayers and to block out any of that talk and just have a really sturdy year with the Chicago Blackhawks. In 27 games so far this season, Peter Morazic has a 10-16-1 record, which let me tell you, For this Blackhawks team is gosh darn impressive. He only had 10 wins in 38 games all of last year with the Hawks. In his first 27, he's already hit that number. He's got a 3.13 goals against average, 904 save percentage, which a save percentage above uh, 90%, I guess, if you will. On this Blackhawks squad, yeah, uh, really, really solid. And he has one shutout, which he didn't have any last year with the Blackhawks. All these numbers are much better than they were last season. Uh, even though I will say, if you all remember correctly, there was a stretch. It was a tough start for Peter Morazic to his Blackhawks tenure. But as the year went on, he got a lot better. And um, so did uh, Alex Stalock. Their numbers started to get better and better. Stalock had like a save percentage above 910. Uh, and then the Blackhawks kind of fell back to being who they were down the stretch of the season. And uh, those numbers for the goaltenders took a little bit of a hit. But even with that being said, for Peter Morazic to jump from a goals against average last year to a 3.13 this year with the team basically being in the same situation along with boosting his save percentage by 10 points and picking up a shutout. And quite honestly, if he had a competent defense or a better defense in front of him, Peter Mrazic could have like three or four shutouts this season. The problem is he just faces an onslaught at the end of the game and his workload is, you know, ridiculous right now. And basically every night he's playing, it's like he's going up against 35 shots on goal at the minimum. And in most of those outings, he's keeping the Blackhawks alive with stellar goaltending. The one stat that kind of confused me, and I know it's a numbers-based stat, so I guess I shouldn't be all that confused, uh, but Peter Morazic has only been credited with 13 quality starts in 27 games this year, under 50% quality start percentage. That's just absolutely not right because Peter Morazic is probably rolling with like a 75 to 80% quality start clip so far this season, like, there's really only two or three stinkers in my mind that I can think of and again the Blackhawks have had a load of stinkers themselves this year so from Razick to only have a couple uh, is pretty gosh darn impressive also the goal saved above above average Peter Morazik is only 0.5 goal saved above the average goaltender which is an improvement from minus 12 and a half last year but I still feel like that those numbers like can't be right Peter Morazik has been a lot better than that at least in my mind Um, But whatever these numbers shape up as, I I could really care less. I think if you've been watching the Blackhawks night in and night out, then you know Peter Morazic is deserving of an A for his performance in the first half. I truly feel like he's been the co-MVP of this team along with Connor Bedard. And now that Bedard's out, it's even more crucial for to be standing on his head he's done just that as of late so no way shape or form could i give him anything but an a up next we have arvid soderbloom 24 year old goaltender who turns 25 in august and look it's just not been a very ideal start to the season for arvid soderbloom was not an ideal first half especially as the feeling was After two successful years in Rockford, he was ready to go up to the NHL and be that backup. And hey, maybe, who knows, along the way, he'll show signs that he's ready to take the reins as the number one netminder for the Hawks. And I know there have been people in the organization who are thinking he was capable of that entering the season, but that's just not what's played out through the first half of the regular season. Soderbloom started in 16 games for the Blackhawks, but his workload has been less and less over the last three weeks, last month or so now, because Basically every time he was out there, he was just getting lit up like a Christmas tree, except for when he was playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. Arvin Soderblom is two 13 and one this season. Both of those wins have come against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, 13 and one against everyone else. And he's now four 25 and three. in what's that 32 NHL starts. He's only got four wins. Any way you want to draw it up, that has to be concerning. And the, the, underlying numbers don't look any better i mean he's got a 4.01 goals against average which is worse than last year believe it or not he was actually at a 3.45 last year when he was kind of rushed up to the nhl because of injuries also has a 0.875 save percentage compared to the 0.894 that he had last year obviously no shutouts and he's only been uh he's only been credited with six quality starts out of his 16 which might even be generous to me and his goals saved above average is minus 14.2 and in comparison to last season when he still was struggling he was only at minus 4.6 in 13 starts last year he's at minus 14.2 in 16 starts this year yeah Arvid Soderblom has been fully on board of the struggle bus And it's put the Blackhawks into a little bit of a corner, right? Like they have to ride with Peter Morazic basically every game right now. And with his value being up, they can't even think about trading Peter Morazic because they don't have any options. Uh, They don't want to be calling up Stauver or Comesso from Rockford. So it's really put the Blackhawks in a tough spot. I'm not giving up on Arvid Soderbloom just because of one bad first half with a Bad defense and a bad team in front of him, but this is not the way the Blackhawks organization chalked it up, and it's going to make next season even more crucial for him, and not only his future with the Blackhawks, but probably his future in the NHL as well. So, because of that, I'm going to give Arvid Soderblom a. Uh, I have to give him a D or an F. I have to give him the D slash F option. I wanted to give him a C and be nice, but there's just nothing that he's really done to deserve it. He's been a little bit better as of late, but this full body of work in the first half can't be anything higher than a D or an F. Next up, I got Nikita Zaitsev, 32-year-old defenseman who the Hawks acquired from Ottawa last year at the deadline just to get a free second and fourth round pick. And Zaitsev was terrible at the end of last season, terrible for the Blackhawks early on this year, but something's changed in the last month. He's randomly now figured it out, and he's actually been a pretty solid piece on the back end. In 25 games this year, Zaitsev has two goals and five assists for seven points, only had one goal in 46 games last year, only had seven assists. In 46 games last year. So uh, he's only one point back of the margin that he was at last season and a much larger workload. Another shocking stat for Zaitsev. Plus two in 25 games this season. Did not imagine me saying that at the beginning of the year. Also, hasn't really been in the box at all. Only five minor penalties in 25 games. Both of his goals have come from the even strength variety. Shooting 11.1%. Yeah, it's only two goals, but pretty nice clip would like to see him honestly shoot a little bit more 18 shots in 25 games time on ice is 16 minutes and 13 seconds up a full minute from his time last year with the hawks he's got 51 blocks in 25 games after only having 72 and 46 last year so much up in that category uh the analytics are the coursey four percentage isn't great 42.1 but how about this stat Blackhawks fans nikita zaitsev has been on the ice for 17 goals for to 16 against, I've gone through basically every Blackhawks player on their roster. I don't know if there's another player who has a positive goals for ratio at five on five. That's shocking to say. Another shocking statistic, Zaitsev has been on the ice, or when Zaitsev is on the ice, the Blackhawks have a 92.9 on ice save percentage. I don't really know what to make of that. Is that because Zaitsev's been good defensively recently, or the goalies are just balling out of control when he's on the ice? Probably more the former than the latter, so... Zaitsev that's Zaitsev it's my reaction I can't believe he's playing good hockey but I'm gonna give him a b-minus for his performance in the first half I know I've been giving everyone flat grades Zaitsev is a little bit of a tweener I'm gonna give him a b-minus though he's been much better as of late which has been shocking next up I have Boris Kachuk 25 year old forward who turns 26 in June of course part of the trade that sent Brandon Hagel to the Tampa Bay Lightning a couple of years ago uh Kachuk is really interesting to me Blackhawks fans and I just broke down Mackenzie Entwistle the last time I did grades and Reese Johnson. Those have been the two fourth liners, if you will, that have consistently been in the Blackhawks lineup this year. But to me, it's it's Boris Kachuk is the one who's got to be in there on a nightly basis because he's the one that, to me, undoubtedly has the best upside, man. And we've seen it this year in 24 games. Boris Kachuk has four goals and three assists for seven points. And now I know that's not going to jump off the charts or anything, but That's a productive player for being down on the fourth line. Like Nikita Zaitsev, Zaitsev, Boris Kachuk has legitimate like 20 to 25 point upside at an 82 game campaign. And he did it late last year as well. He had five goals in 58 games last year, 11 assists in 58 games, 16 points total in those 58 games. Uh, The assist numbers are down this season, but four goals in 24 games this year after having five and 58 the year prior It's noticeable. And a lot of those opportunities are Boris Kachuk creating breakaway opportunities for himself or odd man rushes like he's creating good looks for himself and he's got good speed. Um, I feel like he he can add a little bit of physicality, add a little bit of fire out there. I don't know. Out of the fourth liners the Blackhawks have, Boris Kachuk is undoubtedly the most intriguing to me three even strength goals in 24 games, one shorty as well, and he's only averaging 12 minutes and 25 seconds of time on ice. Like, he's not even getting that big of a role here, and he's making the most out of it in my mind. One thing I will say, he's only got 25 hits in 24 games this year after having 85 and 58 last year. So, would like to see him maybe be a little bit more physical right here, right now, but his offensive numbers are pretty solid. Uh, been on the ice for 10 goals, four to just 14 against at even strength. Pretty good numbers there. Uh, on ice, save percentage is 90.7, which is much better than Reese Johnson or Mackenzie whistle. So I don't really know what we're doing here or what the uh, narrative around Bar- Boris Kachuk with the Blackhawks organization is, but he's someone to me that has to be in the lineup on a nightly basis. And I'd bring him back next year and give him a full roll down on the fourth line because. There is actual upside there. and You just don't say that about fourth liners all that often. All right, folks, that wraps up my Chicago Blackhawks midseason grades. Quite honestly, I did have to go through Jared Tenorti, but we're not even going to go there because this episode has already gone a little bit too long. And quite honestly, no one really cares about Jared Tenorti. I was going to give him a D anyways. But first, coming up here real quick, I got to talk to you all about game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. And Game Time is the fast and easy way for you to buy all of your tickets to the sports, comedy, music, or theater events near you. And I personally have used Game Time for probably close to 10 years now, ever since I was in high school and going down to the United Center to see Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, and all of those great Hawks legends. And even when I'm traveling to other cities, I always use Game Time to check out tickets. If I'm going to a sporting event or a concert, I just used game time when I was out in Vegas in the fall to go to a concert because it's the cheapest and the easiest way for me to purchase my tickets. Plus I love how they send me pictures from my seat. So I know exactly what to expect when I arrive, I highly recommend you all go and download the game time app right now. And when you do create an account and use the promo code lockdown NHL in all caps, for $20 off with your first purchase. Again, you can get $20 off to come see the Hawks at the United Center this season by downloading the Game Time app and using the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed, Game Time. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, if you're still tuned into this point of today's episode, let me just say thank you very much. Please go and help me out by smashing the like button commenting down below and subscribing to the lockdown blackhawks youtube channel if you haven't done so already and also make sure to go and check out the new lockdown sports today because lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on youtube and lockdown sports today is here for you 24 7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of lockdown plus our national shows covering every league go to lockdown sports today on youtube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel all right segment three before i wrap things up still got to get into mailbag monday where i answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here live on the show and if you're watching this right now and have a question make sure to go and comment that down below i'll get to it at this time next week and also on the community tab on the lockdown blackhawks youtube channel there's a Nice little place where I prompt you all to drop your questions. You can go and do so there or email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. Make sure to get those questions in because I really do enjoy this segment. And I really do interacting with all of you fans and listeners out there. All right. First question I'm going to get to comes from Northern Warrior Hockey, who says, "Do you think the Hawk, who do you think the Hawks will target in free agency this offseason? Unfortunately, we know that they will not be targeting William Nylander from the Toronto Maple Leafs as he just signed a fatty extension but the 2024 class is still super intriguing but I will say I think the Blackhawks ultimately are going to save their big boy bucks until the summer of 2025 because that free agent class is just going to be ridiculously stacked it's kind of hard to even fathom Um, so I don't think the Blackhawks are going to be going after super big dominoes in 2024 I know Uh, Steven Stamkos is a name that's jumping out to a lot of people. Sam Reinhart is someone who is going to get a bag from somebody this offseason. I think the Blackhawks, they might just pass up on some of those big names. I think the guys who they could go after is maybe someone like a Max Domi to return. Uh, Someone along those lines. Like, I think it's going to be a notable ad for the Blackhawks, but I don't think it's going to be one of the biggest dominoes of the free agent market, like a Steven Stamkos, like I said. But I do expect them to be active. Um, Quite honestly, we're still a little bit too early to figure out who exactly is going to be their ideal target. And I'll be getting more into that as the summer starts to creep up. But I I think the Blackhawks will be active, but maybe just not as active for the big sharks in the pond like some of uh, their fans expect. Next question I'm going to answer comes from Fubar Totale, I think, here on YouTube. I think that's how you pronounce it. Apologies if I just butchered that. Uh, but they asked, who else could the Blackhawks send to the All-Star game? feel like this is a common question going around right now. And I know Jason Dickinson is the one who's kind of getting all the attention. I, I would still say Dickinson is the number one candidate, but Peter Mrazek is certainly deserving of it as well for how consistent and how strong he's been all season long. And going back to Toronto, um, I know it wasn't a place that he played very long, but could be a little, like, nice heartfelt moment for him, especially after... Uh, the injury concerns that he went through there and what he's battled through these last couple of seasons since leaving Toronto. I think that could make for a cool little moment, Um, but it is going to be one of Dickinson or Morazic for sure. If Connor Bedard isn't able to go like it seems at this point in time, Um, So I would say Dickinson, but Mrazek is certainly worthy of a nomination as well. But those are really the only two other options that the Blackhawks have at this point. Next question comes from at Shane Skull on X, who asked, why is there no talk of signing Dominic Bassey? And I feel like I might have answered this question on a Mailbag Monday A couple of months ago, earlier on in the season, Um, but I mentioned earlier in the episode, Dominic Bassey, he was an honorable mention on my Blackhawks mid-season prospect rankings, but he's up for the Mike Richter watch uh, as he's been one of the better goaltenders in all of college hockey this season for St. Cloud State, who's currently ranked 12th, I want to say, in all of college hockey, and he's been their senior goalkeeper. Uh, The one thing I I said actually in response to this on X, but I'm putting it out there for everyone to hear um, is it's not exactly a thin goalie prospect pool for the Blackhawks, right? With Arvid Soderbloom and Jackson Stauber, Drew Camesso, Adam Guyana is going to be co- coming up in a couple of years' time as well. <clears throat> yeah, they're probably <clears> – <throat> <clears throat> excuse me. Stauber's kind of been uh, shaky in Rockford. Soderbloom, who knows what his future is. And because of that, yeah, there hypothetically could be room for Bassi. And listen, I'm all for giving Dominic Bassi a shot. What I mentioned, though, in response to this was, I bet it honestly comes down to a business decision from the organization, because one thing a lot of folks don't consider is you can only have so many players under contract in your entire organization. I do wonder if they see enough upside in Bassi to give him one of those contracts, if you know what I mean, because you are limited at the end of the day to 50 so I, I do wonder exactly how Bassi fits into that, or if he could be kind of cut because of a business decision like that. I don't know. I still would be giving him an opportunity, but there's no denying there clearly are other goaltenders ahead of him in the system. Comesso, uh, Guyan, even Arvid Soderbloom, considering all his struggles, he's at least, you know, played a lot of pro hockey and is in the NHL right here, right now. Whereas there's a lot of question marks about Bassi still, so that could lead the Blackhawks other directions, but we'll end up seeing what happens when he uh, wraps up his senior campaign here with St. Cloud State in a few months. Next question comes from at D. Cease the day. Will we see Frank Nazar this season? Yeah, I quite honestly think we will. I, I feel like he's had a really solid bounce back year with Michigan after missing basically all of last season, was one of the best players at the 2024 World Juniors for the gold medal winning Team USA. Um Assuming all goes well for him health-wise and everything, yeah, I I do think he'll probably forego the rest of his college career to go and make the leap to professional hockey and in turn could see him getting some NHL action towards the end of the season, like we've seen for Alex Vlasic in years past and Wyatt Kaiser last year. And some of you may remember Mike Hardman a couple of years before that. I think we could see something similar with Frank Nazar this season for how well things have gone for him thus far. And then the last question I have today comes from at it breezing on X, who asked, reading anything into Korchinski on the third D pairing? I don't think he's played that well since coming back from bereavement, but I'm not sure if Richardson is just changing things up, pairing him with Zaitsev. This question was actually from a couple of days ago before Kevin Korchinski had, I thought, a couple of really solid performances against uh, the Edmonton Oilers, the Winnipeg Jets, the Dallas Stars. I thought he's been pretty good here as of late. But another reason why I wanted to answer this question on the show is because it's just a little bit of a reminder to all you Blackhawks fans, when we're this limited, like in terms of injuries and quite honestly, even just considering where the Blackhawks are at, unless it's, you know, the first couple of games of the season or the last couple of games of the season um, where you're at in terms of like deep pairings. I really don't think matters all that much. Like here, for an example saying, are you reading into anything, uh, reading into anything with Korchinski on the third defensive pairing? No, I'm, I'm literally not at all. Like not one bit. And For this Blackhawks team, I really don't think you should be reading into who's on what pairing. Like, we're just kind of worried about putting a lineup out there and finding who works well together, right? Especially for defense. You can kind of read into it with the forward lines. For the defensive pairings, I don't think you should really read into it at all. Um, But no, I think, yeah, Kevin Korchinski isn't on the third defensive pairing because it's like a punishment from Luke Richardson or something. No, that's just where he's kind of fitting into the lineup right now. So just a reminder not to kind of overreact at positions in lineups or anything Um, he's gone through his fair share of struggles this year, but it's common for a 19 year old undersized offensive defenseman who's still trying to figure it out a little bit in his own zone. Um, Yeah. There have been hiccups along the way. And yeah, I I could see why people would have wanted him to go back to Seattle, but the decision was already made. And I I, I'm still thinking Kevin Korchinski is making the most out, out of this opportunity and gaining valuable experience here. Um, but no, don't, don't read too much into the Blackhawks pairings or anything like that in terms of where they're at in the lineup. I think it just serves as a good reminder for the rest of the season. All right. I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to go and subscribe to the lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel and that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it's uploaded each and every day. As always, I'm your host Jack Bushman. go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman too and make sure to also go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account at talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's ever episode, everyone have a safe rest of your day stay warm. And I'll see you next time on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.